0: Well hey everybody and welcome to the Black Autumn Coffee Podcast. I'm so excited to be here today because this is episode 10. This is the 10th week in a row that we've uploaded an episode every single Monday nonstop. and the love and support from you guys has been amazing so I really appreciate every single one of you and I love the passion in every single one of you that listen to this about, about coffee and I can tell that you guys are very passionate and want to know more and I want to know more too so it's perfect. We're on the same route right here so we're helping each other out. So I appreciate all of you guys and today we have a pretty special episode because today Today is Espresso Theory Part 3. We're going to be covering extraction tools and stuff that better help your extractions when pulling shots of espresso. But before we start, we start a new ritual on the podcast and kind of on the YouTube video, whatever you guys are watching on. We're going to be making some coffee and doing a highlight coffee every episode. So today, we're going to be making a coffee from Union Roasters in Idaho. This coffee is a Sumatran coffee. It's a very, very, very dark roast, which is honestly really good for this coffee I'm not the biggest fan of like dark roast coffees and like when you open the bag it's just oil coffee you know like the french roast and italian roast coffee not the biggest fan of those but this one is actually significantly better than those and a really good dark roast so that's why I wanted to be the highlight coffee of today's episode let's make some of it real quick now since we're over here at a little station we're gonna start the water first like we always do but Dark roasts are a little bit different, and I wanted to talk about this just in case people didn't know. Usually dark roasts, you'll end up doing a lower temperature. I've been doing 195 for dark roasts, and we'll just open this coffee and inspect it just real quick to show you how dark of a roast it is. So there is some oil on it, you see. Um, and for dark roasts, you're not going to want to do a high temperature. You do a high temperature. It's just going to burn everything because the coffee has already been introduced to very high heat in the roasting process. So you're not going to want to put hot heat on it again, like really hot heat. Cause then it's just going to tear through it and destroy it. And you're not going to get any flavor. So we're going to do this brew at 193 degrees. And I think it's worth noting that basically for every coffee, we're going to switch up the dripper we're using. And today we're going to be using the origami right here. Love this thing. The only thing I don't love is the wooden base. I think a lot of people can agree. The plastic base has ridges to hold the filter in, but the wooden one sadly does not. So it does suck because it moves around. It doesn't hold the dripper exactly flat and straight. But besides that, this dripper is amazing and I have some good recipes with it. So we're going to be trying it out today with the Sumatra coffee. Now for this recipe, we're going to be switching up and using 22 grams of coffee in. So we'll go ahead and, and drop our coffee in. Don't forget to RDT, and then we're gonna grind it. And anybody curious, we're gonna be using the 2.2 setting on my fellow Ode over here. I also do wanna take the time and think it's worth noting that the origami, while it does use specific origami filters that look just like the Hario O2 pour over filters, They can also use the Kalita 185 filter that I have right here, which is what I always use for my origamis. It fits right in the slot and I get more consistent brews out of it, but feel free to use the O2 as well. It's basically the exact same thing except this one fits more into there and doesn't have a cone finish on the bottom, but use whatever you want. I just think it's cool that they make the Kalita 185 to fit right in there as well. And now that our water's at temp, we'll go ahead and start pouring. Now while this is drawn out, let's talk a little bit about this coffee. So on the bag right here, it's a Sumatran coffee, obviously, Red Badger. Um, it's chocolate, caramel, and molasses are the tastiness of the roasters I've put on the bag. Now in this coffee, I get the sweetness of a caramel, the darkness of molasses, but more of like a sweet chocolatey fruit instead of just regular chocolate. It has almost like a uh, tart raspberry or like bitter raspberry kind of taste to it, which I favor a lot from this coffee. And I feel like a lot of people are closed-minded as well when it comes to specialty coffee dark roast, just because they don't think it can be done well. And it's honestly, it's very hard to roast dark roasted coffee like very well. Um, but Union has actually put together a really good profile for this coffee, and this coffee is amazing. I don't like a lot of dark roasts. I think they just taste like burnt, charred coffee. But this is the first dark roast coffee that I've actually had where I've been able to pull tasty notes out of it, which is... Really crazy, Um, and it's a really, really good coffee. I am a big fan of Union Coffee, specifically because of this right here. And now that we've come to a draw right here, we'll stop the timer. So our official brew time was three minutes and five seconds. Now, let's hop and try some of this. All right, let's give this a try. Wow, wow. Okay, this is my first time brewing it at a lower temperature and there's a significant difference. It is so much stronger. But there's so many more compounds that are there. I thought going 198 was a low temperature, 198 to me now is kind of a high temperature. I think 193, which is what we did there, is a perfect temperature for this dark roast. Everything is so present. I mean, the second that it hits your tongue and your taste buds, you immediately start getting this like almost sandalwood and then it goes to like dark chocolate and then that little tart raspberry and then finishes off with a really smooth finish. Also, the mouthfeel of this coffee is unlike anything I've ever had before. It's a very smooth, delicate mouthfeel, which, you know, sounds like the opposite of what a dark roast would be. But when brewing at lower temperature, you get that very creamy, almost texture from the dark roast when using when you're not burning through all the compounds, when you're getting all of those compounds out. It's so good. <sighs> We're going to be sipping on this throughout the episode, and I'll leave a link in the description too to Union Roasters to this specific coffee if you guys want to check it out and grab some for yourself. But that was our highlight coffee for this episode, so let's hop into Brew Extraction Tools for Espresso. We have this little piece of paper right here that I have typed all of my stuff up on, and we're going to mention a few different things. So I'll give you a little bit of a rundown. We're going to be talking about portafilters, distributors, tampers, puck screens, portafilter baskets, and even shower screens. So this is all espresso-based stuff, obviously, because it's espresso theory, Um, and it's all stuff that's going to help your extractions, not really, like, expensive things to help your extractions, not, like, grinders or stuff like that, but, like, tools. I like to call them tools because they don't, like, you, it's not necessary to have all these items. Some of them it is necessary to have, or it's. A lot easier to have them Um, but it's just like tools they help you out and assist you and different ones might be right for you and some other ones might not be right for you and what you want for your espresso so let's hop into it first thing we have on the list is portafilters that includes bottomless single spout and double spouts now I'm just gonna start out by saying bottomless is my personal favorite and I think everybody's personal favorite and it's not even just like a wow I like the bottomless portafilter because I just like the look of it or something. My main reason that I like it is because you can see your extraction flow. And so where it's starting, you can see where it's going to be channeling because of what starts coming through the basket first. And then you can adjust and change and diagnose the issue to retamp or, or redistribute better the next time. Um, and so you can it helps you just get better extractions because you can see what's going on. Um, and single and double aren't really bad, they're just not as good in my opinion, but double spouts are necessary if you're pulling a double shot, but you're serving them as single shots. So it would be like putting two shot glasses and angling the spouts to where they went into the different shot glasses, which a lot of people do. do, but mainly we're talking about home espresso, a lot of people do that for commercial espresso and for shops. But for home espresso, it's not really that necessary. You're going to drink both the shots anyway. I mean, I hope you're not pulling two shots and dumping one out. You're probably going to drink both shots, okay? So it's not necessary to have a double spout and separate your shots into two different things. Unless you're pulling for two different people and they only want single shots. Whatever it may be, single spout I think is completely unnecessary. Why even have a single spout just have a bottomless, you know what I mean? Um, Unless you have to have it off to the side a little bit, which would make sense. But... Just get a bottomless portafilter. Those are the best, in my opinion. You can see your extraction. If you want better extractions, which is hopefully why you're listening to this episode, the bottomless portafilter is going to help you because you can see where it channels and where it starts to come out first, and easily diagnose your extractions. Now, that's all I had for portafilters. You know, it's really just what you want for like handle wise and all that kind of stuff. It's personal preference. Everything else about a, the portafilter is just like whatever you want. Um, but let's talk about a distributor. So if you don't know what a distributor is, we'll cover that real quick. Basically, once you grind your coffee into your portafilter, the distributor is what you first put on top, twist it, or WDT, would move the needles around it, or whatever, to get an even bed of coffee so you can tamp evenly and it won't be a diagonal or uneven tamp. So for the distributors, there's four different kinds that I'm gonna talk about today. The wedge distributor, WDT, hand distribution, and then we're going to sp- focus on a specific one called the Moonraker by Weber Workshops that recently just came out or it's on pre-order. Can't remember, it's either coming out soon or on pre-order. You can get it right now, either way. Um, but the first one we're going to talk about is the Wedge Distributor. So the Wedge has different metal shapes on the bottom of it that you put into your bed and twist, which rotate it, causing it to like even the bed and remove all your, perfect, all your imperfections to make it perfect. So whether that be a, a shape that's like, concave on the sides whether it actually just be a flat shape that you're just twisting over your bed um or whether it have like slight angles on the sides or whether it might even be like some of the tamps now that have the little like rings around it like the farm um I, I don't know what exactly what it's called but the farm is what it reminds me of like the little rakes like the sand rakes you know and so like even that might be one of the tools that you'd be using for distribution um, but those basically are very efficient for commercial use. You'll see a lot of people in shops using them. Um, that's really what they're used for. A lot of people at home will use them, but they'll also be using WDT, which is the wise distribution technique. Um, it's basically a needle distributor, which is it's a lot more lengthy to do and takes up a lot more of your time and effort, but it's a lot more effective for your espresso. So that's why I wanted to make this about home espresso because... WDT in a shop is going to be very difficult because you're going to have to have like a dosing funnel you put on top and then WDT, take it off. It's going to be a whole bunch to mess with. So I think more home espresso is what WDT is towards. Um, And it literally is just needles that you move through the bed, which allows it to even the grinds and remove all the imperfections and preparation for the tamp. So it's very like more efficient in home espresso and more effective in your home espresso you're definitely going to be able to taste a difference because those needles are going to be able to get down into the coffee to the very bottom of the portafilter and going to be able to stir those and even it out otherwise when using a wedge distributor you're only going to be touching the top and it's going to move it around but you won't be getting to the very bottom where there's some imperfections that you cannot reach and you're basically just tamping it with the wedge distributor so it's all just about like knowing the coffee and knowing what your distributor is going to do because some people will WDT and then wedge distribute and then tamp. So it, it might be a good idea for you to do do both. If you think that you're not getting the best even full extractions, you might need to do both. And that's perfectly fine. Go for it. A lot of people do it. The next one we're going to talk about is shaken. I call it handshaken. Uh, tap it with your hand, hit it against the counter. Anything that's not using in a legit tool to distribute, but you're, hitting it against something to distribute it. Now it's a lot more difficult to do. I will say when I first started, I tried to do it and like hit the portafilter on the side to even out the coffee and it just went everywhere. So it definitely takes a little bit of skill to do and hold it at the right angle to where we don't spill the coffee everywhere. But it is way more efficient and it does require more skill like I was saying. So I think it's more efficient like on Saturdays when there's a huge rush in the cafe and you don't wanna have to twist like six times of a thing it's still going to distribute the coffee. As long as you tamp evenly, you're good to go. So I'll just hit the side, make sure it's flat, make sure the tamper goes flat on. Tamp, you're good to go. It's really just for those busy days and some people even do it at home. Now, obviously, if you're at home and you have the time, I wouldn't recommend doing that. You can get much better shots of espresso without doing that. Um, The next one, we're gonna cover the Moonraker. So the Moonraker is literally the wedge distribution and WDT mixed together. So it is like... A wedge distribution you put it on top and when you twist it has needles that come out the top that will twist in the coffee and move the coffee around but you don't have to manually do it so it's like a combination of them both and I believe at the SCA the convention um in the expo sorry a lot of people were interviewing the Weber workshops about the Moonraker because that was a very hyped up item at SCA and there was so many people that were Interviewing the guy and the guy was talking and saying that it was built for commercial or they actually like, designed it so it was for commercial use. They obviously want people to use it at home too, but they wanted to make it a commercial use item so commercial shops could be able to use it too, which I think is a complete win by them because I know that I want that in my shop. I would love that in my shop because I know that it's going to distribute the coffee very evenly. It's going to allow for perfect shots of espresso, even if you're not tamping properly because it's already going to be distributed. And if you're tamping a little bit like sideways or it's a little bit diagonal, it's not going to immediately affect the full espresso. It's going to up the quality is what I'm trying to say. Obviously, tamping uneven is going to cause your espresso to not be as good and your extraction to be uneven. But what I'm saying is it's going to allow for a lot more distributed coffee so it's basically it's going to eliminate the effect of needing to tamp um and the fact of tamping perfect every time so what i'm saying is if you have a kind of uneven tamp it's really not going to affect it that much and you probably won't even get an uneven tamp is what i'm overall trying to say i've gone into the spiel and i can't get out of it i'm stuck let me just say what i'm trying to say (laughs) what i'm trying to say is when you have this moonraker in the wdt in a commercial shop It's basically going to eliminate you accidentally tamping wrong because everything is so evenly distributed that everything is just going to evenly press down. There's not going to be anything causing you to diagonally tamp unless you diagonally press. So you're going to get even tamps is what I'm trying to say. Sorry about that. I kind of got lost in trying to talk and then I was going in a circle and just keep going in a circle. Um, But that's distribution tools. That's the basics of those. Um, And those are going to help you a lot. Now, like I said, the Moonraker is pretty good. It's really good. I've seen people use it, and I think it's going to be amazing. But you can't go wrong with the simple WDT and then wedge distribution because you're going to get basically the same results, if not better, because you're doing both types. You're specifically WDT and then putting weight on top and then distributing the coffee. So it's really all personal preference, too. You don't have to listen to what I'm saying and be like, okay, well, Lennon said to get this, so I have to get this. It's all personal preference. Whatever you prefer and what you want to use for your coffee go for it. You don't have to listen to me. Now, let's go on to tamping. I've been talking about tamping a lot since we first started talking about this. So, let's talk about tampers. First of all, what are tampers? If you don't know what a tamper is, it's basically a tool that you put on top of your bed after distribution to cause that pressure and to put pressure on the bed so when the water hits the bed, it's more compact and takes more time to flow through, causing for a better extraction and more taste and more compounds in your espresso. So, what tampers are there on the market? What can you get? What should you get? What shouldn't you get? All that kind of stuff. What are the details about all of it? So there's regular tamps. I don't exactly know what they're called. They're just like regular tamps. So I just wrote that down. There's spring load tamps and then automatic tamps. So it's like the basics of what people use at home and in commercial shops. So a regular tamp is just like one piece there's nothing in between, no um, pressure, spring load, or anything. It's literally just a piece of wood or metal shaved or carved out to be able to put on top of your coffee, um, and it requires the barista to put even pressure on the tamp to get a perfect flat bed. so it's it requires skill from the barista to perfectly place it. I like to put my four fingers on it, too, so I'm pressing on all even sides with even pressure. If not, I feel like I'm going to accidentally go one way or not, so four those four fingers will hold it perfectly to be able to pressurize it. Um, And the next one, the spring-loaded tamp. So the spring-loaded tamp is basically a regular tamper, but helps with assist and consistency. So it basically is set to 30 PSI or spring loads of pressure um, and doesn't require as much even tamping, or at least you holding it even because it's going to even itself out and then when you press down it's not going to require you're not going to be able to move it basically because of the way that the the load is and the spring is it's not going to shift unless you're tamping like really sideways or like upside down even you know if you're tamping flat on a flat counter with a spring loaded tamp it's going to just press right down and you're good to go i think it's the easiest one and it's a super efficient one as well um and then automatic tamp is a spring loaded tamp that's already inside of something that holds the portafilter in place so all you do is you put it in like a puck press you just put it in it hits a button in the back boom tamps you're good to go that's all you had to do you just go straight from your grinder to that that's literally it that's the most efficient way and for commercial use I definitely think it's very efficient because like you literally don't have to do anything you just put it over there boom right in the espresso machine I remember when I first started at the shop I'm currently at we had a puck press although it didn't work too well it was really iffy it does require a lot of shot pulling to get it kind of like dialed in perfect which does kind of suck but i think once dialed in and once taking the time to dial in it works pretty efficiently works really good um i loved it when i was using it the only thing was the consistency and having to pull so many shots to be able to get it perfect it had its flaws but i think once you get past that which does take a long time so it's very inefficient in the beginning unless you are pumping out some shots and you have the time to like just tamp a bunch of stuff, then, you know, it might be right for you, but it is probably the most efficient out of all those, and for home espresso, don't get a puck press for home espresso, I don't think it's meant for home espresso, there's no reason to use it for home espresso, when you can just like, at least in my eyes, some people might think differently, but I'm like, why not just take a tamp, press it down, you have the time to do it, you're doing it at home, there's no reason to speed up your shot pulling at home, unless you're like trying to rush out, but why do you even have an espresso machine and espresso setup if you're rushing out of your house trying to get espresso? Like, You have the time. Take the time. Pull your shot. Don't get a puck press for your house. Plus, they're super expensive for just one tamp every day for your house. So please, don't. Don't go for a puck press for your house. Now, that's it for tampers. Go find, and, and a lot of the tampers, too, have different ridges on the bottom and can be different, so allowing for even water flow extraction through the top of the Puck or whatever it may be. There's different shape ones. You can go find them yourself. That's all we're going to talk about for tamping today. Let's go to puck screens slash paper filters in your espresso portafilter. What do they do? So puck screens and filters that are inside your portafilter will allow for a slower slash a longer extraction, meaning your shot will be very strong and very flavorful. They will increase the contact time the coffee has with the water, meaning that your shot will have more compounds, which makes it a stronger shot. So let me paint a picture for you. You grind your coffee into your portafilter, you distribute, you tamp, now you have a ready-to-go shot of espresso. But wait, there's some people that are like, that's not where you stop because it's going to flow through too fast, and it's not going to get every compound that you want in your espresso out. I would fully agree to an extent, and they will take a puck screen, which is like a... It's like a metal reusable filter basically or some people would just use aeropress filters and put them in the bottom or there's specific ones for porta filters that you can put in the bottom just paper ones and what this does is basically if you put a, a puck screen on top let's just paint that picture first put it on top of your puck now top of your bed when you hit that button to start the the extraction and start the water flow of your into your puck it's going to slow it down heavily like, very heavily slow it down. And so, that water is going to sit inside that coffee for like maybe 15, 20 seconds before you see a first drop come out. And so, what that's gonna do is allow your shot to be like 60, up to maybe even like 90 seconds long, like really long shots of espresso and would be considered overextracted. But some people love those kind of shots. And I think that's meant for people that just drink straight double shots of espresso. It's perfect for those kind of people. I would love my shot like that. I love overextracted shots when just having regular shots of espresso. And the paper filters do the same thing. Now, one paper filter might not be enough to slow it down a lot, so some people like to double paper filter it, which is viable as well. Um, And this is going to give you a very strong shot of espresso, and I think it's good. So I would agree that puck screens and paper filters might be necessary for pulling shots at home sometimes, depending on your personal preference, obviously. Now, let's get into some portafilter baskets. So... Upgraded baskets such as like Wafo Espresso, W-A-F-O if you want to look them up, they have espresso baskets which have more holes in the basket, so a more surface area for that water and coffee to flow out, but the holes are like 10 times as fine as a regular portafilter basket. So what this does is basically does the same thing as a puck screen. It's going to slow your shot down significantly because there's now more surface area, but less like a lesser amount of room for it to go through. So it's going to, to hold back a lot of that pressure and force coffee through it at a higher pressure, but it's gonna slow your extraction down, so it's going to be a lot stronger shot of espresso. So these last few items, the puck screens, portafilters baskets, and the shower screens are all going to basically do that. Control water flow and make it to where your shot is over extracted and taste better. Um, and so these will slow the extraction down a lot allowing for the same result as a puck screen, but in a basket. So it's like pretty much the same thing. So a puck screen and a Wafu basket would be completely unnecessary, and you'd probably have like five-minute shots of espresso, which is, ooh, man, that's a spicy shot right there. I can already tell you. So it's basically just one or the other. Do you want a basket that's going to allow flow at the bottom, or do you want a puck screen that's going to stop that flow at the top? It's really just your personal preference and whichever one you like the best. Now... Last item on the list is shower screens. This is probably the shortest one too because it's so easy to explain what a shower screen is and how it affects it. Shower screen is the opposite of a -a portafilter basket because it does the same thing but at the top instead of the bottom. It's going to allow for slower but still high pressure water flow and you can control the flow from the top. So it's going to control, let's say, hey, I want... Very, I want like three bars low flow for 10 seconds, and then I want to jump up to my nine bars of pressure or whatever. What that's going to do is it's going to slow down the water at the top doing the exact same thing. It's going to do the exact same thing as the basket would do if you had that basket on there too. It's going to slow the water at the top, still shooting at the pressure it needs to, and then slowly go through, slowly go through, and then come out because it's pushing at a slower rate. Um, So it'll either slower or... It can also fasten your shot. So let's say you want a faster shot of espresso. You want like a, a turbo shot, as they might say. 20-second shot of espresso, but 20 grams in. Let's say you, that's what you want. Well, you can control it with your shower screen or whatever, you, whatever shower screen you buy to get bigger holes so then you can flow water through a lot faster. It's all personal preference, all what you would like, and all what you want your espresso to taste like because we all want them to taste different. We don't all like the exact same kind of espresso. We all have a different personal preference, and that's okay. We're supposed to. So it's all these items that I listed today and talked about are all personal preference, whatever you want. I'm not sitting here telling you, get these items. All these items are necessary to pulling shots of espresso, and you might not agree with my opinion and there you go. That's just how it's going to be, and that's how coffee is. It's all what you think is good, what you want for your espresso, and what you like personally. So that's all I have for you guys for today for extraction tools. One last time, I want to thank you guys so much for, for holding through and being patient with me for 10 whole episodes. Your support means everything. It means the world to me. I thank you guys so much for that, and I can't wait to see what comes in the future for Black Autumn as we continue the Black Autumn Coffee podcast. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 10, and I'll see you guys in episode 11.